Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. Greetings, greetings. Welcome to the CEO of Destiny show. I am your host, Andre J. Benjamin, and I am delighted and excited and really pumped up and amped up because number one, this power couple that I have on as guests have made a tremendous impact in my life and my wife. Uh, They have helped us in our marriage, and I believe that they've helped many scores of couples. I want to welcome Jim and Eva Johnson to the show. Welcome, Jim and Eva. Thank you. Thank you, Andre. I want to read a little bit about who you are to our audience so that uh, they get a grasp or, uh, and then I'm going to let you talk after that. But uh, Jim and Eva have, excuse me, they've been married for 47 years with three sons and 15 grandchildren. God intervened in the, the, the 11th year when we began a remarkable turnaround, even Though feeling inadequate, they immediately responded with a yes in their spirits to encourage couples through doing a 14-week Married for Life course in their home. Then God opened a big door for them to move to Philadelphia area where they oversaw a ministry in five states hosting many training events in their large home. After working in Marriage Ministries International for 20 years, they returned to the Pacific Northwest and they have been overseeing the marriage ministry at Sunrise Christian Center for the past 16 years. We want to give a warm welcome to Jim and Eva. Welcome to you today to the show. Thank you, Andre. Thank you. So, so I am, uh, uh, I, I say this to all my guests and you will soon be alumni. Uh, the, the focus of the show is to help people bring a return on their investment, to optimize every area of their life and bring a return on investment to their creator. And I think one of the tremendous uh, areas that sometimes is overlooked is the power of marriage and the power of choosing our our spouse and and being with a mate and working through issues and problems. So tell us, uh, I grew up reading a lot of comic books uh, and there were two big, competing comic companies. There's Marvel comics and then there's DC comics. And I was more of a Marvel guy. And the reason why I gravitated towards Marvel is because they had a strong story arc with their characters and they made their characters more relatable. Superman was pretty much invincible. Yeah, there was kryptonite, but I couldn't relate to him because I never came from a foreign planet. I'm here, right? (laughs) But somebody like Spider-Man was a teenager in who's awkward, who's growing up in New York City. I'm like, hey, I can relate to this. I'm in the Pacific Northwest, but I can connect to it. So tell us a little bit about your origin story, how you met one another, and then let's jump up to present day on the things that you want to share. All right. Well, I grew up in a Christian home. And just before I turned 13, I uh, made a decision to follow the Lord. And, um, uh, but I was a missionary kid. And when I came back, I really had a very difficult transition from uh, being a third world kid. And uh, at 16, 17, I came back and dropped into high school and and college and uh, really struggled. And uh, I thought I had worked through a lot of stuff uh, until I got married. And uh, then I realized I hadn't worked through that much. (laughs) And uh, because for many years, for about 11 years, I 
you know, Eva wanted more in our marriage. And uh, I'm like, what do you want? I, she didn't know. And I didn't know either. And uh, until I went to a marriage weekend and I realized for the first time that really I was a huge part of the problem. Wow. And we didn't, we didn't realize that even, um, even though we came, we met in college um, here in Seattle and we didn't realize that even though we were both Christians, there was a component to our, you know, to our life that was really absent. And one of those key pieces that we came to realize in that 11 year uh, mark of our marriage was that just as we are a three part being, we have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. We had, we had been more focused on just the, you know, the physical sexual area and then the, the soulish area, the mind, will, emotions. And we had really not, we had not invested in our, our spirit, the spirit of our one flesh. And because that was missing and, very, very, very limited what was there, God began to show us that we needed to begin to know one another by the spirit, begin to pray together, begin to, to really invest in what was missing in our, in our journey, uh, in our marriage. And that began our turnaround for us. Awesome. So uh, what, what would you say is one of the biggest, um, mistakes or most overlooked things by people when it comes to talking about marriage. I've been married for, we were married on September 1st, 2006. And um, there's so much we don't know, (laughs) you know, we're, we're learning. I feel like we're constantly enrolled in in the university of life and, and learning these things. But what are you, what is something that you think people overlook right now in present day when they think about jumping into marriage? Andre, I think the biggest thing that God gave us grace to understand is covenant. One man, one woman for life. And um, I didn't. I thought I married the perfect woman. She looked great. She uh, she performed well. And then um, and then we got married, and um, it felt like uh, it, the performance was no longer there because now when you get married, you begin to see you can't hide. You begin to see the weaknesses. But in the process, we never threatened divorce. Divorce is not an option because we have a big enough God. And even in the midst of all my problems, which we might share a couple more as the uh, interview goes along, uh, this woman was very kind to me. And um, uh, the scripture says... um, that the kindness of God leads us to repentance, Romans uh, 2, verse 4. But let me tell you, the kindness of this woman here has helped me to repent and to keep moving forward in God. So I am a blessed man. Really, I am for being such a nitwit and a (laughs) jerk that I was in the early years. Well, and, and truthfully, one of, the, one of the key elements that I think um, needs to be in place is we need to realize that when we enter into this, um, you know, this marriage relationship, we're going to have to die to self. We have to die to our own, so, to our own agendas, to our own, just to our, our own, that inner, you know, that inner place where we feel like, you know, um, we got to do it our way. And I know that many of us have carried, and I know I, I carried a very, um, I carried a huge place that I, when I was single, 
and took care of myself. And I wasn't really in need of anybody at the time of even meeting Jim. I thought, well, you know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing in life and, and, um, you know, we're going to do it together. But I didn't have the concept of really that oneness of, of, you know, of our relationship that needed to be invested in. And one of the huge hurdles that God took me over was I realized that so much of my journey began with me trying to extract from Jim something to make me okay. Well, at the core of that, it was idolatry. And when God dealt with my heart, I thought, I oh, know I'm not an idol. You know, I think of idols as, you know, you know, people wanting money, people wanting, you know, praise and position and all that. And I said, that's not me. And then the Lord said, yes, but you've allowed him to dictate to you who you are. And if, you know, things were going good between us, I could be, you know, happy, happy. But when something was going south and I wasn't, you know, feeling like he was in my corner, I would just be a wreck. And God said, that's idolatry. And I was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> I got to deal with this. So my, my heart before the Lord was to repent and to deal with it and, and even ask Jim to forgive me because I didn't realize how much I had fallen into that, you know, into that enemy scheme. So, here, so here's what happened. <laughs> so she asked me to forgive her for idolatry. And I'm thinking, Gee, I love being on the pedestal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what's the, now, now where is she going with this? And so I watched her. And about three weeks later, she said, wow, you really changed. And I'm like, what? I've gone out of my way to make sure I didn't change because I'm thinking you're off on another tangent. <laughs> and uh, she said, oh, no, you really changed. And I said, OK, this past week, this is what you did. And that button didn't work. Two weeks ago, I tried this button and this didn't work. And the first week I tried my favorite button and it was not working. I could not get you to react to me. Your activity is gone. And I'm like, I'm doomed. And now I got to deal with God. <laughs> so uh, it was a wake up call, man. It was. I, I love well, what I love that you both hit on is that number one, can you unpack this word covenant? And then I want to hear as well yeah. that died itself, because that's definitely not a popularized term. And what it, and, and for Eva, I want to hit on there's a phrase that the both of you said to me that I that was paradigm shifting for me that was irritating to my flesh but go ahead and that that it's a good way it's a good thing but go ahead to hit covenant first so covenant really in in the in a vernacular phrase it's a permanent relationship with an imperfect person wow and i'm telling you <clears throat> i was not ready for that but i uh, i was committed to covenant to staying married and so we we just I hunkered down. I kept blaming her for 11 years. Honey, when you get your act together, we're going to have a great marriage. Hurry up and get your act together. And basically, I was just doing what Adam did in the garden, blaming God and the woman or blaming God for giving him a woman that caused him to. Giving you uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that caused him to uh, cause him to uh, not be obedient. And I'm like, there I was abdicating. And, uh, and so, you know, that, responsibility. yes, I wasn't taking responsibility, but back to covenant, what would you add to that? 
Well, in, in this covenantal commitment, we realized that even when we married, we had written vows, very specific, um, you know, vows before the Lord and before, you know, our family and friends. And we realized when we pulled out our, we pulled, we pulled out our vows. And read them to each other. And, and we realized we had so fallen short of what we had committed you know, and scripture says that, you know, if you make a vow, you know, you, you better follow through with what you vowed, because if you don't, um, there's going to be some consequences that come as a result of, you know, of, of not following through with what you've committed to and vowed, vowed in your How many years was that after you had done your vows that you got a chance to look at them again? Uh, it was, 11. it was our 11th year that we looked at them. Wow. It was our 11th year. Most people never look at them again. And that's a, a milestone in itself, because I know, I was scared to even do vows because I had seen those verses that say that stuff about writing vows. And even when I encourage people, when people come for, you know, premarital questions and all that, I say that to them. I say, now, before you write vows, remember, he didn't tell you to write vows. This is something yeah. you want to do. So whatever you write, you better be willing to live on and stand on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so that that's powerful with covenant. And now even the statement that you had made about dying to self, I was going to say, uh, a term that the both of you exposed me to uh, when I first got to know you was you had said a statement, you don't have to be wrong to repent. And I was like, what kind of foolishness is this? <laughs> I said, I said uh-uh, that is a lie. <laughs> and it was like the Lord was dealing with my heart. I was like, why is that knee-jerk response in you? Because is it more about being right or is it about doing what's right? You know what I mean? So he was like dealing with me about, is it more about being right? That's the, so one of you want to be right. Who's right versus what's right. And uh, break that down, break down that you don't have to be wrong to repent because to me that feels like the dying itself. Cause I know I had to die to self when I even just heard it, it was annoying to me. Like this can't (laughs) be true. This is a lie. This is false doctrine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's it's easy to hold on to our own opinions and our own, you know, own thoughts. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor. If this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny, go to CEOofDestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.